The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning as we continue our two-part message series simply entitled The Christmas Presents. Last week we looked at Mary and Martha, how they celebrated Jesus coming, and really Christmas is a celebration of Jesus coming into our lives. And we looked at how Martha was so busy, and so oftentimes at Christmas we can get so busy just doing all the things. But then we looked at Mary and how she took what Jesus said, the better thing, and sat in his presence and worshiped Jesus. And this morning we're going to continue that thought. Stand with me, if you would, as we read Matthew chapter 1. On your way in, you should have received a service program guide on the inside. There's an outline that you can use to follow along as we uh, study the Word of God together this morning. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 1, verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. This morning, Pastor is going to conclude the two-part message simply entitled, The Christmas Presents. We are continuing uh, just a little mini-series entitled The Christmas Presence. And as he was reading from the text a moment ago, we saw where the Bible declared that Emmanuel literally means God with us. Now let that reality sink in for just a moment. Think about that. God, the creator of all that there is, the sustainer of life in which we get to be a part of, the one that allows our heart to continue beating and our lungs to continue breathing, the God of all creation, the God of all the universe, is with us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Our theme for this particular series is simply this. God's presence is the present. During the holiday season, it's easy to get focused on, you know, holiday traditions and Christmas trees and shopping and uh, getting together and eating good food and and all the trappings of Christmas. And, And those are all really good things and they're nice things and wonderful things and things that I hope you'll have the opportunity to enjoy over the next several weeks. And yet the reality is the true present this Christmas season really is the very presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And so really this particular series is one sermon, and I I was going to make it a single sermon last week, uh, but after about 45 minutes and only getting through the introduction, I figured it was better to kind of pause it and to continue it on this week. And so this is really going to be the practical, functional application of last week's sermon. And we really looked at what takes place in the heart of a believer when we're experiencing the presence of God. And and we talked about last week when we're in the presence of God. And when we're really experiencing Him, we're going to experience a place where, number one, we can forget our cares. We talked about this last week. Why is it so important that we experience the presence of God? Why? Because we, we, we come to a place where we can forget our cares, where we, can, where we can put behind us those things that would stress us and worry us and concern us and bog us down. We can cast our cares on the Lord. We can forget our cares and keep our hearts fixed on Christ. And then secondly, we saw that in the presence of God, we'll experience a place where we can find true satisfaction. 
Because in the world in which we look, people look to a thousand things smaller than Jesus to give them a sense of satisfaction. People look to money, people look to relationships, people look to material possessions, people look to all kinds of things to give them ultimate satisfaction and ultimate fulfillment. And yet, as we saw in our text last week, it is only the very near presence of God and experiencing that presence where we actually experience and enjoy true fulfillment and satisfaction. And then thirdly, we saw last week in the presence of God, we'll experience a place where we can experience balance and get freedom from the chaos of stress and frustration and really find a a balance in our hearts and lives as our priorities are fixed on Christ. And so that's why we say God's presence is the presence. So this week, I want to answer this question. How do we functionally, practically, in the real world, with busy schedules, with work, career, children, grandchildren, stresses, bills, medical concerns, how in the real world in which you and I live, how do we actually experience the presence of God? Because it's, it's one thing to talk about it in these high and lofty terms, like, yes, you know, we all need to go and spend time in the presence of God, you know, and it sounds really spiritual, but then, like, what does that mean? Like, like, how does that actually happen? And so this is part two where we're really going to look at just kind of the functional, practical ways in which we move through it. Uh, inside your service program that you should have received on your way in, uh, there is an outline, and that'll help you walk through the Bible study with us. If you want to use that, feel free to do it. Now, just in the way of background to get us caught up to speed, unlike believers who lived before the time of Christ, under the old covenant, we might say, Those folks had to seek out the presence of God by going to the tabernacle or by going to the temple. And so for them to experience the near and present presence of God, they had to search for it. And so under the old covenant, they would go to the tabernacle, they would go to the temple, and they would seek the very presence of God. Now, for those of us who are under the new covenant, those of us who are Christians must understand that we are always in God's presence. Always. That's why the Bible tells us, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The reality is this, we are always in the presence of God. However, we are not always experiencing and enjoying the very near, real presence of God. And so today's message is really going to be very basic, because we're just going to talk about how do we experience, and how do we enjoy what we really learned theologically last week as being a reality, how do we functionally, experientially, and practically experience it here today, and that's what we're going to dive into. Psalms chapter number 46 and verse number 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I, uh, as a child, uh, might have been described as one of those who struggled with hyperactivity, all right? Any of your, uh, you had children who might have struggled with a little of hyperactivity or what? Now, now they just call it, I think they have medical term, ADHD or whatever, and all, all these different terminologies for it. So for a personality like mine, it's hard for me to just be still. 
I used to joke with people, the reason I became a pastor is because I didn't want to have to endure sitting still one hour every week. And so I figured if I was the pastor, I at least got to move around. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, there is, there's this, there's this just in us, we, we want to move, and we want activity. And, and yet here we find where the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So how do we experience his presence? Let me give you four steps this week that'll help us to enter in to experience and to enjoy the very real, near presence of God. Number one, we experience his presence by quieting our minds and just being still. We literally live in a day and age now where at any moment you can pick up your phone and you have activity right in front of you. There are dings, and there are notifications, and there are alarms, and we walk to the grocery store, and there's music playing in the background, and we get to our homes, and the radio's on in the car, the iPod's playing in our ears, the TV's always on, people are always chattering. We live in busy cities where there's traffic noise, and construction sounds, and uh, just like trains coming by, and there's just noise, and there's busyness, and there's commotion and and we really don't know anymore what it is to just be still just be quiet how do we go about experiencing enjoying the very real near presence of god psalms 46 says be still the reality is it is possible to be busy on the outside, and that's a good thing, to work, to serve our families, to minister one to another, but still to maintain a spirit of stillness and a, a spirit of quietness. First Kings chapter number 19 says this, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind literally rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But... The Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. The still, small voice of God. In quietness and stillness of heart, God can loudly proclaim his reality. So how do we experience his presence? It starts by quieting our minds and just being still. You know, every once in a while, it's a good thing just to stop and breathe. Just take a breath. Be still. Quiet your heart. Quiet your mind. Quiet your soul. I think for a lot of us as Americans, we almost find our identity in how busy we are. In fact, for a lot, especially maybe even men, this is almost a badge of honor. 
Like, the busier you are, the, the better you feel about yourself. Like, the busier you're going, uh, the more you're able to bolster the identity that you want to have about yourself. And, and I believe in working hard, and I, I believe in serving and ministering to one another. But in the day and age in which we live, we have forgotten as Americans what it means to have intentional margin. To create gaps in our life of stillness. Back in a while ago, they used to just even just call it quiet time. A stillness of heart. I would encourage us to, as we move into the new year and as we go through this Christmas season, have you literally just jammed, packed your schedule? Have you jam-packed your budget? Have you jam-packed your life? Or have you been intentional about creating gaps and seasons of margin? Places where there is a moment for you to just simply be still. To quiet your mind, to quiet your heart, and know that He is God. I think they're going to put this on the screens, but I want us to focus on this statement for a moment. When we're truly being present in His presence, when we're really living in the now, we're not constantly being hijacked by our minds. Do you ever get there before? Like literally you're driving down the road, you're just kind of doing something, and all of a sudden before you know it, you realize, man, like a minute's gone by and your brain just hijacked you. (laughs) You start thinking about this and start thinking about that and It wasn't even something you were planning on thinking about. It wasn't something you intended to think about. Your brain just kidnapped you. It hijacked you. And when we're not being present in his presence on a regular basis, we're going to constantly be hijacked by our minds. And notice this, being distracted by our thoughts. Now, I believe it's important to use our thoughts. I think it's important for us to be thinkers. But a lot of us, our brains hijack us. It's not even intentional. We don't even realize we're doing it. Before we know it, we've gone a couple minutes and we're thinking about what those people did to us and what our boss said to us and what our kids, you know, happened in their lives and how are we going to pay this bill? And it's not like we intended to. We're not planning to do it. We're not intending to do it. Your brain just hijacked you. (laughs) Rather when we're truly being present in his presence, when we're really living in this present now, our hearts are quiet. Our hearts are still. And they're able to simply enjoy the beauty of being fully present in the presence right here, right now. Be still and know that he is God. Not getting distracted by bills, not getting distracted by what's going to happen next year or the year after that, not getting distracted by this worry or this concern or that regret or this, you know, kind of uh, anticipation. You see what happens if we're not careful. It's what's called obsessive thinking. It's good to think. But too many of us are obsessed. We're, we are, we are, our minds hijack us. It's not intentional. It's not on purpose. It's just every, all the time our brains are just going a thousand miles an hour. And God says, be still. 
Take time to quiet your heart. Allow your mind to be quiet. Allow your soul to be quiet. And know, notice this, and know that I am God. So how do we experience his presence? Number one, we've got to quiet our minds and just be still. Notice the end of that verse. And know that I am God, which leads us here to our second thought. Like we learned a few months back, this word know is not just an intellectual knowing. This is not just a mental, cognizant understanding. This is an experiential type of knowing. So he says, be still and know. Be still and experience. Be still and engage. Know on an experiential level that he is God. This is deeper than just mind. This is deeper than just cognitive. This is deeper than intellectual. This is deeper than mental. This is soul. This is experience. Knowing. Experiencing that he is God. Which leads us to our second thought, and that is this. So how, how do we experience the presence of God? Number two, you experience his presence by bringing an awareness of God's presence into everything you do. By bringing an awareness of God's presence into everything you do. That is to say, know that he is God. Understand it experience it. Be still. Quiet your soul. Quiet your heart. Quiet your mind and experience that he is God in this moment. Right here, right now, he is God. He is God when there doesn't seem to be enough money in the bank accounts. He is God when the future looks a little bit bleak. He is God when you don't know how it's all going to work out in your relationships. He is God when it seems like your marriage is on the rocks. He is God when your health is not going the way that you thought your health should be able to go. He is God when your business isn't turning out the way you thought it should be. He is God when your career is not advancing the way you'd like to see your career advance. He is God all the time. And it's so important that we bring an awareness of God's presence into everything we do. Because his presence is there. His presence is a reality. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But how often in our minds do we forget God, bringing an awareness of Him into our lives? The Bible says, know that He is God. Know that He is with us. Even unto the end of the world, the Gospel tells us. Know that He will never leave us nor forsake us. I love Acts chapter number 17 and verse number 28. It's an incredible verse that speaks to this reality. And it says, For in Him we live. In Him we move. And in Him we have our being. Bring and usher in an awareness of God's reality and His presence into everything we do. How do we experience the presence of God? Get still. Quiet your heart and mind and the angst and the anxiousness and the anxieties and the speed of life. Bring an awareness of God's presence into everything you do. I think this quote might be in your... Um, Sermon notes there, your Bible study notes, but many people are so distracted by their own thoughts, they rarely see the beauty of life right in front of them. 
We get so distracted with thinking about this and so distracted about thinking about that. And now, when you're intending to think and you've got to plan something and prepare something, that's great. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, before you know it, your brain's been hijacked and you're thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about those things and, and all, all these different things and worrying about this and regretting about that and trying to figure out this and analyzing that. It's not intentional. You've just been hijacked. I'm saying be still. Bring an awareness of God's presence. Bring an awareness of his sovereignty, of his providence, of his control, his power, his greatness, and his majesty. And remind yourself that our God is sovereign over the affairs of man. He is provident over the works of man. He is in control. He's got things taken care of. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. You don't have to get anxious. You don't have to bite your fingernails. Your God's in control. He's got it handled. It's all taken care of. You're free to rest. You're free. You are liberated to let it go. Now, if his spirit tells you to plan something, if his spirit tells you to prepare something, then follow his spirit. But when your brain is just getting hijacked and you find that it's creating anxieties and it's creating worries, you say, how do I know if my brain is getting hijacked or if it's intentional? When you find that the emotional state that you exist in, when your brain starts moving a thousand miles an hour, is one of, of, is one of anxiousness, it's one of stress, that is not God. Because our God gives us a spirit of peace and of joy and of love. And if, if all your thinking causes you to grow anxious and grow worry and grow stressed and start regretting and start feeling guilty, it's not of God. Be still and know that he is God. Bring an awareness of God's presence into everything you do. Many people are so distracted by their thoughts, they literally miss out on the beauty right in front of them every day. How many times have you driven down the road and you've not even seen the sunset? You've not even seen the fall colors and the trees. You've not even allowed yourself to realize that, that the God that you have a personal relationship literally was the artist behind this masterpiece. And he is your father. He is your friend. He is your God. And you ushered in an awareness of God's presence into that sacred moment. How do we truly experience the presence of God? How do we enjoy his presence? Be still and know that he's God. Bring an awareness of his presence into everything we do. I think they're going to throw this on the screens, another statement that I was pondering this week. When we're truly being present in his presence and, and really living in the now, what else happens? Our minds alert. We're fully aware of what's happening around us. We're attentive and we're engaged in that present moment, in the moment that God's allowed us in. We're mindful. That means we're engaged. We're fully aware of what's happening in our presence. And we're experiencing the full blessing of life as it's happening right here, right now, as God sovereignly ordained. Is that your experience? How do we experience his presence? Number two, by bringing an awareness of God's presence into everything we do. Here's what Psalms chapter number 100 and verse number four says. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with 
praise. According to this passage, how do we enter into his gates? According to this passage, how do we enter into his courts? How do we experience his presence? Through thanksgiving, through gratitude, and through praise. How does a believer enjoy, how does a Christian experience the presence that's already been granted to him in the person of Jesus Christ? Through praise, adoration, gratitude, and thanksgiving. So how do we experience his presence? We experience his presence, number three, by being thankful for life and just enjoying it. By being thankful. In those moments as you're driving down, the, uh, driving down the road, the Bible says in everything, give thanks. In the routine, in the mundane moments of life, usher in a spirit of thanksgiving, usher in a spirit of gratitude, usher in a spirit of praise and adoration into those simple moments. And know that He is God. How many of you have ever purchased a... a Birthday or Christmas present for a little child. Anybody ever done this before? It's fun, isn't it? Man, not many raised their hand. More of you need to buy presents for kids, all right? I'll just say that, all right? Uh, well, you're, you're, you're poor grandkids. No. I, you ever seen a kid? I, I, man, especially ones that's one or two years old. The reality is there might be one kid over here, and he opens up the Christmas present, and maybe you've had this response before. He opens it up. He's all excited. He looks at it, and you just see his countenance. You, ever, you seen this before? And then mom says something like this, what do you say? And he looks, thanks. You had that experience before? And maybe there's a little kid over here and he opens up his gift and oh, his eyes get really big and he holds it up and he starts ripping open the passages and, he, and he's so busy experiencing and enjoying it. He's just, man, he's, he's playing with it and, and maybe he mumbles a thank you, but it's just, he's so engaged in that enjoyment of that gift, of that present. Whoever purchased it, when you purchased it for him, you just sense the gratitude that they were experiencing. Which gratitude, which thanks means more to you the one that looked at you and verbally said thank you or the one where the thank you was that which came from the experience of enjoyment just seeing a kid enjoy and play and have fun with a christmas gift doesn't that bring a sense of pleasure to your heart can i say this be thankful for life the life God gave you. So I don't like my life. I don't, I don't like this and I don't like that and I would have done this different and those different. For, what, for whatever God in this moment right here, right now, this is what God has sovereignly ordained and in his providence allowed for your life and it's possible for you to be thankful for it. And to enjoy the gifts of God. There is, and I think this is in your notes, there is a very real element of gratitude in simply enjoying the blessings of God. Paul would talk about this. I've learned to be abased, and I've learned how to abound. God hath given us all things richly to enjoy. Do you realize it's okay to enjoy what God has given to you? You don't have to feel guilty about it. If he's blessed you with it, 
If it's that which you allow, you can enjoy it. You can be thankful for it. You say, well, what about the things I don't like? (laughs) You can be thankful for that too. Because in God's infinite wisdom, he allowed it into your life for a purpose and for a plan and for a reason. How do we experience the very near real presence of God? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with that praise. When we're truly living in the present of his presence, really living in the now, there is an attitude of gratitude and a true enjoyment for life that God's providence has given us, even with all of its messiness, even in the midst of all of its brokenness, even in the midst of all of the pain, there can still be an attitude of gratitude even in those realities. That is why the Bible declares in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything give thanks, because that would be impossible. There are some things that happened in your life you you can't thank God for. But no matter what you are going through, in the midst of anything, you can give God thanks. In the midst of anything, you can give God praise. In the midst of anything, you can offer up a spirit of thanksgiving. Be thankful for life. Enjoy the gift that he's given. Somebody once said, the past is history. The future's a mystery. The present, it's a gift, which is why it's called the present. It's a gift. A gift that you can be thankful for and a gift that God desires for you to enjoy with all of its brokenness, with all of its messiness, with all of its heartaches and with all of its pains, with all of its ups and with all of its downs, you can be thankful through it all. It's a sad reality, one that I've had to confront in my own heart and life. As I move through life, there are some individuals and some believers, some Christians, who have the gifts of God poured out upon them. But because of their heart's posture, they do not have the ability to absorb the blessings of God. And maybe that's where you find yourself sometimes. You live in America, a land of freedoms and opportunities, resources. Many of you get to enjoy the gift of health. Most of you were able to live with a a roof over your head, and many of you were able to have a meal in the last 24 hours. And yet for a lot of us, we were able to move through this season, and we didn't truly absorb the blessings. We didn't experience them. We didn't enjoy them. They just were. We took for granted the fact that we got to sleep in a warm bed with a roof covering our heads. We take for granted the fact that we can go to a closet, that many of us have closets literally larger than some of the homes I've been to in third world countries. And then we had all the pressure of trying to figure out, what in the world am I going to wear today? Kind of one of our first world problems. I've been there. We moved through life, got into a vehicle, drove down the road. 
all these blessings after blessings after blessing after blessing, and yet we take them for granted. We don't even, we don't even recognize them. We're not even aware of them. We don't absorb them. They're just what is. And we almost become like these little spoiled brats. Just looking for the next thing that God can give, looking for the next thing we can get, and we don't truly absorb and experience and enjoy and give thanks and pour gratitude and enjoy all that we've already been given. We have a lot of first world problems, don't we? It's a little embarrassing, but I'll share the story anyways. We're driving down the street this week, and my wife has one of these little Fiat things, and it was cold. Any of you wake up this morning on the way to work, and it was just a little bit cold? Anybody have one of those experiences? It's kind of cold. And I was like, I told my wife, we were driving down the road together, I said, man, it's really cold. Your seats are so cold, and, and uh, she had this little button in her car, and she pushed the button, and I guess she has a, a button in her car that kind of warms up your seat area, and it warmed, get, got real warm and everything and things, and all of a sudden, a minute goes by, and I'm like, Honey, the seat is really hot. <laughs> she turns that off and she just looks at me and says, "You and your first world problems." You know, my my rear's too cold and then it's too hot and I just you just get nothing to make it happy, right? You've been there before? So just our first world problems. Not taking time to simply enjoy all the gifts that God's given us. So how do we experience his presence? being thankful for life, for enjoying the, the present of his presence, enjoying the present of this present to enjoy the reality of God. Now finally, notice lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 31 says this. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, how many of you realize this is kind of mundane activity? How many of you would recognize this is pretty ordinary stuff? Most of us eat, most of us drink on a pretty regular basis. This is very routine stuff. This is very ordinary stuff. This is very mundane activities. And, and yet the Bible reminds us whether we eat or whether we drink, whether we're doing the ordinary or the mundane or the routine or the average, whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. This verse can cause a lot of confusion because basically the premise is when you eat, you can glorify God in a way that, you, you can eat in a way that glorifies God and you can eat in a way that doesn't. You can do that which is mundane in a way that glorifies God and you can do the mundane in a way that doesn't. You can do the ordinary in the way that glorifies God or you can do the ordinary in a way that doesn't. You can do the routine in a way that glorifies God, and you can do the routine in a way that doesn't. You can eat, you can drink, you can brush your teeth and wash the dishes, wash your car in a way that glorifies God, in a way that doesn't. And some people have this idea that it has to do with the, the process of how you do it. You know, if I, if I eat my bologna sandwich this way, it glorifies God. But if I eat my bologna sandwich that way, it doesn't glorify like, like there's some there's some physical way in which it glorifies God, you know. And now, I, I understand, okay? If you're eating your sandwich with rye bread, we all know that's not glorifying to God, okay? We'll just settle that. But, you know, other than that... <laughs> 
How many, how many rye bread fans here? All right. Oh, we'll pray for you. And so sometimes we get this idea, what, what, is, what, what are we talking about? It's more than just that. It is the spirit, it is the heart, it is the motives, it is the values, it is the worldview. It is that which you push into your actions that allows it to glorify God. There can be two people doing the exact same thing on the outward, physically going through the exact same motions. One can be glorifying God and the other might not be. To glorify God in the highest, it leads us here to our last point, and that is simply this. How do we experience his presence? We experience his presence by turning the mundane, ordinary activities of life into sacred rituals. You say, no, we just do that which is sacred when we go to church on Sundays or when we're opening our Bibles or when we're spending time in prayer. Yes, those are wonderful ways to usher in the sacred and to usher in the beauty of God. But can I remind you of this? It is possible to usher in that which is sacred into eating a bologna sandwich and to drinking your Pepsi. <laughs> to take the ordinary and the routine activities of life and turn them into sacred rituals. You say, how does, this, how does this happen? Brother Lawrence, who wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence of God in 1649, spoke in high detail. So this is books written, you know, 400 years ago, four, 450 years ago. And he spoke much into this reality of what we're speaking of here this morning. And in this book, he said... When we talk about turning something into a sacred ritual, it involves infusing the activity with appreciation, infusing it with mindfulness. You say, what's mindfulness? Just simply being fully aware, cognizant, present of what's actually happening right here, right now. Not allowing your mind to get hijacked here and hijacked there, but simply enjoying and experiencing the beauty of life as God providentially and sovereignty allowed this moment to be. He says, when we infuse the activity with appreciation, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, with mindfulness, being fully aware of that which is at hand, to be engaged, to be absorbed, when we're infusing the activity with appreciation, when we infuse it with mindfulness, and when we infuse it with love, we turn the mundane, the ordinary, the routine activities of life into sacred rituals. That literally means that it is possible to glorify God by brushing your teeth. How? There you are, brushing your teeth. Where's your mind? Is there appreciation in that present moment? Praise God, I have teeth. Praise God, I can afford dentures, or <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever it is we do. <laughs> that, do, you, do we brush dentures? I don't even know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> There's appreciation for the hand that is not crippled, that allows you to hold a toothbrush. Appreciation, thanksgiving, gratitude for that physical ability that millions don't have. Thankful for the eyes that can see your, your reflection in the mirror. 
an awareness of this present moment that, that the reality, the God of the universe is there. There's an awareness of what's happening around you. You can hear the sound of the water in the basin of the bowl. You can hear the brushing of the brush on your teeth. You feel the sensation in your mouth. You're aware of presence. You're aware of reality. You're aware that the God of the universe gave you life to experience such things. There's awareness. There's thanksgiving. There's love, according to what Brother Lawrence says. So you're washing the dishes. Where's your mind? Wonder why my husband never washes the dishes. God, thank you for a a home that has a kitchen. And I'm not like a a billion people in the world who have to take things down to the river. Thank you for this kitchen. There's a spirit. You, you usher in a spirit of thanksgiving. You usher in a spirit of presence. You usher in a spirit of gratitude into that moment. You're washing those dishes fully aware of what's happening in that moment. You hear the waters. You feel the bubbles. You're aware. You're present. You're there. You're not living in some metaphysical dimension out there somewhere. You're here, you're now, you're present, you're aware, you're engaged. Guys, you're washing the car. And your heart's filled with joy that you have a vehicle. Most people on the planet don't. That can get you from point A to point B. You're washing your car and your heart's filled with appreciation that you have the physical capacity to move your arms and legs and you can breathe life into your being and, and there you are. You're, you're washing your car with appreciation. You're, you're there in that moment. You feel the car. You see it with your eyes. You're present. You're there. You're doing it out of love for your family because you care about them. You're washing dishes because you want to serve your children. It becomes a sacred ritual. It becomes that which you endue with something beautiful, something spiritual, something sacred. It's no longer mundane. It's no longer routine. It's no longer ordinary. Something's changed. But what's changed is you. You are now enjoying the present of his presence. The reality of God right here right now. The beauty of his sovereignty, his providence, his awareness is is just saturating your mind. It is no longer being hijacked by a thousand lesser things that really you can't do anything about because you are so full of enjoying this moment right here, right now for everything it is. We are a, a people and everything we do, we do with no mindfulness. We do with no awareness. We're rushing here and rushing there and everything we do is a means to an end, to end up somewhere else and we don't just take a moment as the old cliche says to just stop, smell the flowers, to move through life and enjoy it as the gift that it is. 
The ancient church fathers had a saying they derived from this verse, Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 31. It's been passed down through the ages, and, and you'll see this statement pop up all over the place in Christian writings, and this is what the ancient fathers said. They, they paraphrased this verse in Corinthians 10, 31 and said, the chief end of man. What's the purpose? What's the end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. That's what it's all about. Your chief end is to glorify God. How? By enjoying him. His presence is the present. And you experience the present of his presence by living in the present reality that is now. By infusing it with thanksgiving, with praise, with gratitude, with a heart that is done out of love for others and a love for God, an awareness of this present moment as a gift from the Lord. That's it. You'd glorify God, wow, by enjoying him. In fact, many theologians have made the case that every sin stems from not enjoying God. I could preach a whole sermon about it, and I won't. But it's a fascinating thought. Every sin you commit against Almighty God at its core is a dissatisfaction with God. Maybe we'll make that a third installment, but let's keep moving. Lastly, when we're truly being present and and really living in the now, even the most mundane Ordinary tasks, whether we eat, whether we drink, whether we brush our teeth, whether we're washing the car or cleaning up the kitchen, folding laundry or doing Excel spreadsheets at our workplace, if we can infuse those moments with a sacred thanksgiving, with a present awareness that I am here right now and I'm doing this out of love for my family. This is why I'm at this workplace. I'm not just doing it for the sake of doing it. I do it because I love my wife and I do it because I love my family and I do it because I love my God and I'm thankful for the opportunities and we infuse these moments with a sacred spiritual nature and essence we bring a beauty to life that very few even christians have not yet experienced because we get it in our minds that this church these walls are a sacred place these walls are just a place for the body to assemble there's nothing magical or mystical or sacred about these walls or this place god with us Jesus descended so that the Spirit could descend. And now the Spirit inside of us is even better than Jesus beside us. That's what Jesus said. Why? So we could experience the very real and present presence of God Even the most mundane, even the most ordinary tasks now take on a sacredness. Everything for the believer can become sacred. Everything for the believer can become spiritual. And nothing loses its awe. Nothing loses its wonder. Nothing loses its majesty. Because we're no longer seeking for God somewhere out there like the old covenant believers who had to go to a tabernacle and go to a temple and go to a church and meet with a holy man. We have God with 
us right here, right now, to enjoy his very real and near presence. Don't lose the awe. Don't lose the wonder. Don't lose the majesty, the majestic essence that God is with us. So how do we experience his presence? Be still and know that he is God. Quiet your mind. Don't let your mind be hijacked by everything that's on the news. By every, there's moments to pray and there's moments to prepare and there's moments to be still and know that he is God. Bring an awareness of God's presence into everything you do. Washing the dishes or washing the car, usher in God's presence into that moment. Three, be thankful for life. Enter his courts with goodness, his, his, his thank, into his courts with thanksgiving, into his gates with praise. Be thankful for life and enjoy it just the way it is. Enjoy it for what it is now. You say, well, I'll enjoy it when it gets here. I'll enjoy it when it gets there. Can you enjoy it now? With all of its messiness and brokenness and pains. And then turn the mundane, ordinary activities of life into sacred rituals. Yes, praise God for reading the Bible. Continue it. Thank God we can pray and come to church. There's beauty. There's wonder in that. But don't begin to think that once you close your Bible and once you leave the doors to a church, you have to wait another week before you have a sacred spiritual experience with the almighty God of the universe. He is with you, Emmanuel, God with us. Why would we want to experience the very near and real presence of God? Because like we said last week, In the presence of God, we can experience, we can forget our cares. When we're truly focused on his blessings and his goodness, we can forget our regrets. We can forget our cares. We can forget our anxieties. We can forget our stresses too. We can find true satisfaction because we're no longer looking somewhere out there over the rainbow for this satisfaction, for this fulfillment. We realize that God gives us his satisfaction and his fulfillment in his presence right here, right now, by his grace. We always have access to all the fulfillment, to all the satisfaction that we would ever need. Why? We can forget our cares in the presence of God. We can find our true satisfaction in the presence of God, and we can find freedom from the stress and frustrations of life in a balanced priority with God. So the takeaway as we're done here today is simply this. If you get nothing else that we said today, get this. Practice being present to his presence in the present. Practice. Like Brother Lawrence said, the practice of the presence of God. Discipline yourself with these realities. Giving thanks. Infuse every moment with gratitude, thanks, with awareness of this present reality that God is with us and everything infused with love for him and love for one another. How are we doing at simply enjoying the presence of God? Well, I enjoy it when I get a new car. I enjoy it when we get to go to the lake. That's great. God, God's there. Enjoy that. But if you're always looking for that moment to find enjoyment, then you're missing out on the enjoyment and the presence of God that's right here, right now, in the dark times, in the valleys. The presence, the joy, the peace the love that you can experience in the brokenness and in the messiness, in the hard times, in the shadows. He 
is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.